Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Marissa Charles and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Marissa Charles. Well, welcome to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron. Delighted to have you with us. And we've got a great show for you talking about uh, some issues involved with uh, statins and hypolipidemia, which none of us know about. And we're going to talk about it in just a couple of moments. Our special co-host is Dr. Marisa Charles. Dr. Charles is board certified in family medicine. She received her Bachelor of Arts degree with a major in biology and a minor in chemistry from Texas A&M University and College Station. She uh, earned her medical degree from the University of North Texas Health Science Center in Fort Worth, a uh, doctor of osteopathy. Uh, and Dr. Charles completed her family medicine residency at the Christus uh, Spahn Memorial Hospital in Corpus Christi, Texas. She's married. She's a mom and has two daughters, 11 and uh, one who's about to turn 13. So, Dr. Charles, it's great to see you. And we really appreciate working with you here on, on WellMed Radio. And, and I think you enjoy it as well. I do, Ron. It's been a lot of fun. So tell me a little bit about your girls, because I discovered having a, a daughter. I, I raised a, another family uh, several years ago. I'm, I'm like an old guy. And my new family has a daughter. So we've got twin boys who are seven turning eight and a daughter who's nine. It's very different raising girls. You know, it's hard for me to say since I only have girls, but, right. I, you know, my sister-in-laws and, you know, I have plenty of nieces and ne uh, nephews. But, yeah, I mean, right now they're in that preteen stage, um, kind of think they know everything. So <laughs> it's definitely a challenge. But, you know, their personalities are different. You know, I have one daughter who's very um, verbal and open and is always talking and the other one that's a little bit more reserved and um, a little more introverted, loves reading and books and constantly has her nose in a book and I have to chase her around and see what she's up to. So, And they you keep know. you going. They do. They do. They're a lot of fun. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and we have one of your colleagues joining us. You work uh, in the same clinic here in San Antonio, Dr. Mohamedou Lafaz, who is with the Wilmot at Ingram Clinic, received his medical degree from the Kabul Medical School in Kabul, Afghanistan, completed a family medicine residency program at the University Health Systems in San Antonio, Texas. And Dr. Faiz, thank you for joining us. I've been doing this show for a number of years, and uh, you're the first guest we've had on uh, from Afghanistan. So it is great to have you here. Thank you very much. Yeah, my talk pleasure. To me, talk to me a little bit about, uh, we're talking about statins and hyperlipidemia. Well, let's talk, uh, start with statins first. What are they? Uh, just to make it very easy and understandable, it's a group of medication which a bunch of them exist. And the famous name, which majority of our patients knows, like Lipitor or Atorvastatin, Crystor or Simvastatin, all these medications which have a statin at the end of them, they are related to that family. Their easy job is to go and block cholesterol production in our body. So if we have a high cholesterol, it has two sources. One source coming from our food, what we eat, how much cholesterol exists on them. And the other one is coming from our body, our liver. 
as the factory of producing cholesterol. So this medication goes right at the factory and stops production of the cholesterol that we produce. And what is cholesterol? That's a good question. Cholesterol is a molecule with multiple sodium and carbon in it. The problem with this cholesterol is it makes the base and the main structure of making plaque in our arterial system. So if you have a high cholesterol, you have no symptoms. It's no pain, no headache, no short. You have a cholesterol of 400 and you feel nothing. But the job is to circulate in our blood system and attack our blood vessel everywhere by the way making plaque there. Some of them make plaque at the surface. Some of them go deep between the two layers of the blood vessels. To the short version, their job is to make us prone to stroke, heart attack, circulation problem in our leg. That's why people lose their legs and they have pain walking around. So everywhere there's a bigger blood vessels, they will be attacked and make their lumen, their size smaller and will let less amount of blood to circulate over there. Less blood means less oxygen throughout less oxygen, your body. Exactly. When we talk about blood, we have two things. One is the nutrition, which we will get the nutrition one way or other way, unless it's totally blocked. But the main thing is less oxygen. And we don't have enough oxygen, all the metabolism will be shut down. Or if it's in the sensitive part of the area, like brain, or if it is on our heart, that's why we develop stroke and heart attack. Now, should we just prescribe statins prophylactically to everybody? You know, that's a good question. There was a time that they were talking just why not put it on the water tank and everybody will drink it. Like but, fluoride. That's yes, but that's not the case because there are side effects. There are minor side effects, like a little bit pain and aches and here and there. And plus there are some problems that somebody has a pre-existing liver because it's a little bit toxic on the liver. So we need to monitor for that. And plus there are a rare side effect that we, I don't want to say the name. It's a very bad name, but I just to complete the show, they call it rhabdomyolysis, which means meltdown of our muscles. So the muscle system, which has a function if somebody takes statin all of a sudden and the next day or two or three days after that, they wake up with a severe pain like they had a big accident and they cannot walk around, then we have a problem. That's the side effect that will be will put a stop on indication of cholesterol forever for that person because it's a life-threatening condition. It's like meltdown of the muscle system. And How it, common is that, Dr. Feist? You know, it is it is very uncommon. Very uncommon. But I will tell you, I've been practicing in San Antonio for 21 years. I have seen five cases. And in the last seven or eight years that I've been with WellMed, only one case. And on the five that before, one of them were wrong because that there's a specific blood test that we do. And that blood test sometimes in some people are elevated. So he had a little muscle pain and I stopped that. But when I repeat the blood work like two months later, still had it elevated. Then I so it didn't turn out back. to be because of the statin. Yeah, but I had five patients altogether, really. In 20 years. In 20 years. And, 20, you know, compared to yeah. the number of people that benefit from the use of the statins. It is nothing. It is nothing. The, 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 the thing is, we are, as a doctor, when we sit down, we talk to our patients. I gave them, you gave them. We all discussed about potential side effects. And I want them to also know that 
Statin medication can cause a little bit mild muscle pains and aches, but that's totally different than muscle pain and aches that you get with rhabdomyolysis. Like that person will not be able to walk that bad. Right. And so I'm the, guy, I'm the guy who reads all of the side effects uh, that are uh-huh. included with prescription that have been filled. Uh, and there are hundreds in some cases of potential uh-huh. side effects. Uh, I'm better off not reading it. It can be you know, scary. Yeah. Yeah. It can be scary. I guess the best, the best option is, uh, to sit down with your doctor. We have time. We listen to our patient. We want him to be educated. I act more like an educator when all of us, when I see I, I mean everybody in WellMed, we're acting like an educator and as a physician. We will explain why and when. And we talk to them about the side effect and, and the one that are important and causing big problem, then we will give them the sign and symptoms and we'll let them call us and we will, they will have easy access to us to say, okay, we need to stop it. But the thing is because this medication is very essential and sometimes life-saving, you know, especially if somebody had a heart attack and you want to have a preventing the second heart attack or somebody had a stroke and you want to prevent a second stroke or peripheral vascular disease, which is a very common thing, which means circulation problem on the leg. And people, especially with diabetes, can lose their leg. So those medications will be very, very important to take. And then we will talk, we will discuss the side effects, minor and major, and then we will act on it instead of seeing something and panic on it because it's on the paper. He's Dr. Fies. I'm Ron Aaron. Our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, is with us as well. Uh, we're talking about statins, and we'll get to hyperlipidemia in just a couple of moments. Uh, so let's say you, you're put on one of these statin drugs. Does it reverse uh, the blockage in your arteries that's been caused by cholesterol? No, 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 I don't, not at all. Unfortunately, I wish that was the case. There was a study many years ago, like in the, about eight, nine years ago, 10 years ago, that the Crestor, which is the fancy, the the last version of statin, we didn't have any other after that, and was very strong. And they thought that might be a chance of 5% or 6% reduction on the size of the uh, blockage. But to the best of my knowledge and my understanding, our job is not to reverse that because if uh, we can't do that. Our job is to prevent it from getting worse. Because if you have like a 40% circulation uh, blocked and you still have 60%. And if we keep you on that 60% circulation, you will do fine. You know. And the other thing is we don't prevent because age is the big risk factor for everything. We're getting older the same way that our beard looks white and we're looking older on the face inside too. So we can stop the aging process. The statin is one factor and it can slow down the progress of the diseases, but will not reverse it. I remember when my mom turned 88, uh, she had high cholesterol, and her doctor said, you know what, Evelyn, don't worry about it. Eat whatever you want. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. But I will also do not make it generalized. You know, you know, they think the cholesterol medication might prevent you five to 10 years down the road, not now. But if I see an 85 years old, like exercising, going playing golf and active, and I see this patient has another 10, 15 years easy on the bank, then I will consider it. Yeah, but if I have like 80 years old, when I see that diabetes in the end stage, patient is almost on dialysis and there's multiple other side effects and the life expectancy is not that long, then it might risk, it might be more risky to take the medication than not. So it's like a judgmental, depends on the patient. Right. 
Now I want to so, talk a so little Ron, bit about. Oh, go yeah. ahead, Dr. Hyperlipidemia Charles. is just the fancy name for high cholesterol. So, um, so basically, that's you know the the same topic. So, talking about the statins and wanting to use those to treat the hyperlipidemia, which is just another way we say high cholesterol. Well, thank you because I, I was yeah. thinking maybe this that was it was a different else. something else. No, yeah. no, that's the same thing. Same thing we're talking well, about. Cool. But yeah, definitely right, a lot of us. ways gonna, that it can affect. Yeah. We're going to come right back to you and to uh, Dr. Fies. Uh, we're talking about statins and uh, hyperlipidemia cholesterol on WellMed Radio. Thanks for joining us. You may be experiencing anxiety or stress regarding all the news about COVID-19 or what is commonly referred to as coronavirus. You are not alone. Optum is opening its emotional support helpline, providing access to specially trained mental health specialists. This is a toll-free number and it will be open 24 hours a day seven days a week for as long as necessary. This is a free service. Anyone in need of emotional support is welcome to call. The number is 866-342-6892. That's 866-342-6892. One more time, 866-342-6892. Thank you so much for being with us here on WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Maurice Charles. We're talking on our WellMed Radio hotline with Mohamedoula Faiz. He is a physician at WellMed at Ingram in San Antonio. Received his medical degree from the Kabul Medical School in Kabul, Afghanistan, and came to the U.S. in 1973. And we are so pleased he is here. So, Dr. Faiz, we've been talking about statin drugs as a way to control cholesterol production. Uh, They've been around a long time. Are there any uh, newer ways to deal with cholesterol? Yes. You know, early in the talk, we spoke two sources of cholesterol. You know, unfortunately, one thing that some of us, even I'm not used to that, we're checking our patient cholesterol early in the morning fasting. So in reality, we are measuring cholesterol that our body produces because we're not eating up for the 12, 13, 14 hours and then come to the doctor's office, we draw our blood, and that's a reflection of how much cholesterol we produce. The other source we talked is food. So the food is the big resource of the cholesterol too. So that's why it's important to look. Cholesterol is cholesterol. It doesn't matter where it comes from. If it comes from our body, if it's come from a food source, or milk, or whatever. It has the same structure and the same effect. So that is the source that we can control. We cannot burn it by exercise, but by, by, uh, because it's not something burnable, but when we exercise overall, our metabolism gets fast and will reduce the level of cholesterol in a different way, which we will not talk about it. But so exercise, reduce the fat in general in our body, if it's triglyceride, if it's cholesterol, and also eating healthy and cutting cholesterol from the source, which is the food, the second source, will be very important. Now, what are some of the foods that uh, contain high cholesterol? You mentioned milk. Yes, milk. Milk is a very famous one because we like milk. 
and we love milk. And I remember one time I was in a conference with cardiologists, which his specialty was only nutrition cardiologists. That's it. He was like enemy of the milk. I'm not enemy of the milk. It's okay. It's as a place and our diet. It's not bad if you don't have any problem with it, but it definitely has cholesterol. That's why it's better to go to the lower percent, like 1% or 2%. Or if you can drink skim milk, I don't know, that doesn't look like milk, but it is <laughs> something that uh, we can use and they have low cholesterol. But if you don't drink milk at all, we don't lose anything. Oh, that's right. interesting. Milk is important when yeah. you're when you're a child, but as adults, yeah. we really don't need. Yeah, it. we don't need it. Yeah, and the other the other source is red meat. Red meat is very very big source of cholesterol. They has a lot of it. And the other thing is, some people say white meat is good for you. I always tell my patient that's a misconception. White meat is better than the red meat. That's all. Okay. So <laughs> if you have a choice between two, then of course white meat will be a little bit better choice. But it doesn't mean it's good for you. It still has a lot of cholesterol, especially these chicken that they are raised in different ways. And you take the skin away, you see the layer of the fat there. It definitely has cholesterol and triglyceride in it. So vegetables and fruits and stuff like that will be the best option. And any animal product will have some cholesterol. But if I have a choice between meat, fish will be my first, then chicken, then red meat. That now, don't they call pork the other white meat? Uh, I don't think so. It's not a white meat. It looks a little bit whiter, but it's not. I will call it red meat, and it is full of cholesterol. Yeah. And let's talk about fish for a while, because I, for one, love wild-caught salmon, uh-huh. which is pretty high in fat. Yes. You know, th- this is th- this is this is a kind of like if you remember, like ten, fifteen years ago, fish oil market was like booming and everybody was running to take fish oil because it will help you and this and that. Not that much anymore, but fish oil, it has good part in it and also has a helpful, healthy too. But I cannot say that is that healthy to prevent a heart attack or something like that. I guess that's a little bit exaggeration. So again, because we're human and we have to eat, I guess fish will be a good choice to be part of our diet. But remember, we can't eat everyday fish. We have to eat it maybe twice or once a week. More than that, we'll have some other issues. But on the cholesterol-related topic, still fish will be a better choice. But what are some of the issues if you eat uh, fish every day? And they have some minerals, some toxicity, and they're talking about that. To be honest with you, I don't know all the details, but I will not recommend it to eat it like every single day. Yeah. So I think depending what, on you know where the, the fish is the fish from, but from, yes. you can have mercury, you can have yeah. you know, other toxins that the fish will absorb depending on the waters they're swimming in. But, yeah. you know, like Dr. Fai said, you know, maybe once, twice a week is probably okay. Um, and then you've got to think about how the, uh, how the uh, food is prepared because food that is fried um, is also going to be rich in cholesterol. You think about donuts, you think about um, fried chicken, you know, those are going to be really good sources of high cholesterol and the bad cholesterol that you really don't want to be consuming all the time. Now, they tell me if you take the skin off fried chicken, it's okay. Yeah, it is better choice. Definitely. It's it is better. better again. Like I told you, relative, always. If, if you see the foot pyramid, the bottom is meat and it comes down slowly and the f- vegetables and good stuff is all in the bottom. So All the that, good stuff. All the good stuff. I don't know if right. uh, th- those are the things that are so, uh, healthier. So fresh the raw little... vegetables are fantastic. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So what do you recommend to your patients if they come in and they say, 
you know, Dr. Fies, I, I want to start eating better. I want to start eating healthier. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know I have diabetes. Help me here. What should I eat? Make out a menu for me. That is a good question. And I will tell them first. The most important thing is cut down calorie. We talked, you know. The body has the capacity, and testosterone has used in our body. It's not like useless. Majority of the hormones are made from uh, cholesterol. Vitamin D is a product of cholesterol. They are the same structure. So there are essential role for the cholesterol. It's not like totally useless stuff. So what I will tell my patient to cut the calorie, when you cut the calorie, the source of the synthesis of all those products will be lower, will produce less of those. Lose weight, lose weight, exercise, you will definitely will be better. Cut calorie, cut carbohydrate as much as you can. And try, and I, and I have a simple calculation I always tell my patient. Go ahead and calculate your food in 24 hours, how much you eat. Write them down in a normal situation. And then cut down 500 calorie a day. 3,500 calorie equals to one pound. In another word, if you take a one pound of fat and burn it, you'll produce 3,500 calorie. So if you cut down 3,500 calorie a week, you will lose a pound a week. If you cut 2,000 calorie a week from your diet, you lose two pounds a week. So when you put these two together, and if you're losing one pound a week, guarantee your sugar, your cholesterol, and everything will be better. Right now I have a patient, he did surgical weight loss and I could not bring his sugar A1C bring from 12 and 13. Now it is five point something. And the cholesterol and the triglyceride was in thousands, especially the triglyceride. Now they're perfectly fine. So what is the problem is the amount of calorie in the food we eat. So my advice will be for my patient, eat everything, count your calorie, eat less meat, red meat, less a little bit more, maybe white meat and more, a little bit fish and majority of the stuff, vegetables and fruits. You know, some people eat a good steak and then they have a salad inside and say, that, you know, I had vegetable too. Nope. Your vegetable should place half of that steak, replace it with that, you know. So if you eat the same amount that you're eating before and you're adding a little bit extra vegetable on the top of that, you're doing nothing. And we should keep in mind vegetable has sugar too and they have carbohydrate too and there are calories in it and we can count on and my job is always to teach my patient to count calorie and cut down and cut down on animal products and that's it well federal regulations now make it easier to track calories because they're uh, uh, labeled on almost everything you buy exactly. these days exactly Exactly. Well, not only that, even at restaurants, you know, they'll, they'll post right. the, the amount of calories. Um, you know, you're often surprised. Like, I, I think I'm ordering a salad and that that's going to be so good. Um, but a lot of those salads that you get at restaurants actually have, you know, 900, 1,000 calories or more in, you know, just because of everything they add on there with bacon and cheese and, um, you know, the the dressings and, and all the other things that they add on top of the lettuce. So you do have to be cognizant, you know, just pay attention to the amount of food that you're putting in your body. I like what you said, Dr. Fies, about uh, keep track of uh, calories. If you cut down 500 to 1,000 uh, calories a week from what you're, you've been eating, you're going to take some weight off. Definitely. Be, but be patient because all of the TV ads uh, that promise 20, 30, 40 pounds in a month, 
No, no. Unrealistic. That's you can mm-hmm. do that. You can do that like a very, very strict diet, but you gain it back as fast as you lose it. You know, it's not, it's not good. You can't live like that for the rest of your life. We need to make a change that's a possible to last for a lifetime. We need to change our behavior. Yeah, we can be starving for a month and we lose 30 pounds, but we can't starve for the rest of our lives, you know? This is the, this is, we need to be realistic. As a human, we love stuff. We love sweet, we love meat, we love this. We can have all of them, but just smartly. Like egg, for example, I love egg. If you take the yellow part away and the white part will not be that much harmful. You know, you can have a little bit egg here and there and the cholesterol will not be that high. We just need to eat smart. Mix your meat with vegetables. And if you're eating a full steak, for example, I give it a single time example of the steak, cut it in half, eat half of it and replace the other half with a lot of vegetables. Those stuff will definitely help. And you can do it for a long time. You can get used to it. And then eat the other half for a midnight snack. No, that will be bad. <laughs> <laughs> That'll defeat the purpose. <laughs> Maybe for another day. Yeah. Well, we're about out of time. I want to thank you so much for joining us. It's been absolutely great. And uh, Dr. Charles has been raving about you, and we're glad uh, that we got you on with us. So uh, you take care. We'll talk with you again soon. And, and thank you, Dr. Fies. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to talk to you again in the future. Thank you. Okay. So, Marisa. You were right. He's a great guest, and I thank you for uh, for getting him on with us. I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks so much for joining us right here on WellMed Radio. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.